Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Dear young married couple, you know, we all start out marriage optimistic, in love, and excited about the future. You know, no one forced you to go to the altar and get married to this person because, you know, obviously you're really excited and you think you have a great chance for success in life. But we often get stuck in harmful cycles of disconnection. And today, we're going to interview Glenn and Phyllis Hill, who wrote the book Connection Codes, the blueprint and tools for creating the relationship you crave. They're going to share with us a whole bunch of insights on how to get out of this stuck cycle with some very practical tools and help and principles to really take your marriage to another level. Glenn is a family therapist, a clinical sexologist, and Phyllis is an entrepreneur, co-writer of their book, and the engine that keeps everything running. So they're a fantastic team. They've been married over 40 years, and they have a ton to offer. So let's get into the interview. Glenn and Phyllis, welcome to the podcast. We're so thankful that you were able to join us today. Oh my goodness, Adam. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We just love being able to be on podcasts. We have our own, but we love being guests on others as well and getting to know new audiences. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, it's our honor to have you and um, we're looking forward to getting into it because you have so much to offer. You're an author of a really awesome book. Um, I have read it and I find it's it's really incredible. Um, And I have a client too that really raves about your book and said that um, it revolutionized their their marriage. So thank you for all the things that you've given uh, people and, and 30 years of culminated experience pouring into other people. Like that's a, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, you know, oftentimes people want to know, well, who are you? You mm. know, what, what have you been through kind of thing? Yes. And, uh, we've, we're high school sweethearts. Uh, we've been married 41 years and four children, 12 grandchildren. Mm. And the first many years were really, really hard, very painful years. And it's not what we expected. We thought we had the checklist covered Mm. before our wedding and that we thought we are destined for success and found out very quickly that we weren't and didn't know how to get help didn't know how to find resources and uh it was many years of painful disconnections and fights and you know i know glenn was always the one who was quick to read a book and try to implement things and i think i was just overwhelmed all the time Mm. and didn't want 
definitely didn't want to read a book. And I thought I didn't understand. Like I thought something is just wrong. I am broken because this shouldn't be this hard. Mm. And uh, just those early years of really missing each other created a lot of trauma, a lot of things that um, we, you know, took with us for a long time. And, you know, often people go, okay, well, summarize that. Like how in the world did you ever make a turn? And, you know, one of the things I think we realized is that we thought it was logistical. Mm. Like if we would just mm. get on the same page logistically, uh, which is, you know, you kind of laugh, like even comedians talk about the toothpaste, you know, how do you squeeze the toothpaste? And like, those are the things we fight about. And so it's like, well, if you just would all agree on the logistics, you would be happy. So we spent many years trying to get all the logistics right, but we still found that there was a lot of loneliness and a lot of disconnection. Just, we weren't, we didn't feel connected. We weren't best friends anymore yeah, at that point. Yeah, and you know, our whole pattern, we now know looking backwards, that this is the pattern for almost everybody. 24 mm. hours before our wedding, we were excited about happily ever after. And 48 hours after our wedding, we were shell-shocked mm -hmm. about what in the world has happened. We just signed a 70-year contract. Uh, <laughs> And at that point, I was hoping it'd be sooner because we were like, how did, how is this possible? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're intelligent, we're gifted, talented, uh, good people, mm -hmm. and we're lost mm -hmm. already. I was 20, she was 19, and we're like, oh my gosh, what, mm -hmm. now what? We, this has already, you know, really gone sour. And we spent the next 20 years uh, trying to figure this out. How is mm -hmm. this possible that this couple, we vote, mm -hmm. we, um, married on purpose you know we we voluntarily showed up that <laughs> we were forced to required to and yet we were already doomed so mm -hmm. how how's that possible mm -hmm. and that eventually led to a tremendous amount of research to go what happens here this doesn't mm -hmm. make sense every wedding i've ever been to they've found the love of their life they're gonna live happily mm -hmm. ever after they're convinced right and, and we know the stats on uh as far as legal mm -hmm. divorce but forget that. I'm talking about unsuccessful relationships mm -hmm. yeah. where they're not going to file the paperwork. They're not going to legally divorce, mm -hmm. but they're kind of divorced. They, mm -hmm. they are not married as we would like for them to be married. They're not living what they had hoped for mm -hmm. on their wedding day. So that became my focus for many years. And again, I devoured everything I could find mm -hmm. uh, to go. What is, and, and the vast majority of it was not helpful because it constantly talked about having better intentions. Well, we had mm -hmm. perfect intentions. We were we didn't do this as a joke. You know, this wasn't some sort of practical joke that we uh, jumped into. Uh, and they said, just try harder. Mm -hmm. You have to put more effort into your marriage. Well, the more effort we put in, the worse it got. Uh, because <laughs> and, and the, back then, the big thing was, oh, you have to keep dating after you're married. So we would set aside two hours a week to go date, and we'd have conflict and, you know, basically fight for an extra two hours. <laughs> right. That, I'm like, well, that didn't work. And the more we did that, the worse it got. So uh, eventually that led us to where we are uh, today. And just, you know, that's one of the reasons we're so passionate about the connection because mm. we get to live this and we are blown away literally every day that this is possible because we remember yeah. the pain. We mm. remember the, not just a weekend, the, the weeks and months and years and literally decades of living in this brutal setup where I adored her. I wanted to be with her mm -hmm. and I couldn't stand being with her. She wanted to be spend time with me and she couldn't stand spending time with me. Just the, right. the terrible, terrible tornado that that is within us, the turmoil. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, eventually that drove us to figure out 
to find out what happens for people that causes them to disconnect when they did not plan to disconnect. Mm. And then uh, just so you know, I'm the educated one. Phyllis is the smart one. (laughs) (laughs) I do all the hard work and the theory. And then she's like, well, wait, what? And so I figured out what causes humans to disconnect. And she said, well, isn't our goal to find out what causes humans to connect? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was my next point, which it wasn't. Um, But anyway, we finally did. We now know scientifically how to get people to connect. Wow. Well, take us to that point where maybe you guys were disconnected. And then you had a turning point or a realization that was like, oh, this may be a a foot in the door to how we actually do that. Yeah, I just want to mention that Phyllis is the one literally every benchmark in our relationship, every turning point, every significant thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that shifted for us uh, was because of her. So I'm supposed to be the, the smart guy over here, but she's the one that actually said, wait, this is what's actually happening. We can discuss theory all day long. And that's what we now call the dishwasher story. That was so huge. Yeah. Which wow. if you know, that's a story we tell in our book. And, uh, but you know, for many years we, uh, had this pattern where, it, you know, Glenn would unload the dishwasher. Not that that was every day. So it wasn't like it was just understood kind of like, Oh, that was his, his chore. No, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, on occasion I would come in thinking I needed to, and I would open the dishwasher and find that it had been unloaded. And so Glenn would walk through the room and I would say, Hey babe, thanks for unloading the dishwasher. And this had happened many, many times over the years. Right. And, um, his response was never you're welcome. His response was always something that seemed really backwards to me. And it almost like whatever I just said by saying thank you for unloading the dishwasher was stabbing to him. Like he would respond like uh, things like, well, that's not the only thing I've done today. Hmm. And, And that statement alone would lead me to then say, I didn't say that was the only thing you said today. I just said, thank you. And can't you just say you're welcome like normal people? And there we are in an argument over me saying, thank you for unloading the dishwasher. And, you know, after years of that back and forth, I finally gave up on it and just got to the place where if he got, gave me that snarky response, I would just roll my eyes and just not say anything. Mm -hmm. Well, after sadly, probably about 20 years of this Mm -hmm. one particular day, he said, um, or I said to him, thank you for unloading the dishwasher. And he said, well, it's not like the only thing I've done today. And I actually, instead of turning away, rolling my eyes, I turned towards him and I said to him, so I got curious and I said, what do you hear me say when I say thank you? And at first he just in a snarky way said, well, I hear what you say. I, again, I didn't roll my eyes. I didn't turn away. I just... I actually moved closer to him and put my hand on him. And I just said, okay, but what happens for you? What happens for you when I say thank you? Mm -hmm. And that expression, that question, Mm -hmm. what happens for you? Mm -hmm. Somehow broke down Mm -hmm. his barrier or his walls or he felt safe enough in that moment to respond to me. Yeah, because what was what both of us were missing is that the way I experienced Phyllis is that she was the most productive person on the planet. You know, her maiden name is NATO, so I always called her the tornado. You know, she'd get more <laughs> in minutes and I would get done all day. 
Uh, whereas I, I'm fun to have around, but I don't get nearly as much stuff done as she does. And so when she would say, thanks for loaning the dishwasher, I thought she was making fun of me. Like, oh, it's a miracle. You know, Glenn did something useful for change. None mm. of that existed inside of Phyllis. That was not her point. That mm. was not what she felt, believed, said, thought. Wow. Yeah. But that's what was happening for me. And so when she slowed down enough to say, what happens for you whenever I say that? Mm. I was able to tell her that the first time again, we're 20 something years uh, into this setup. And again, this has ha had happened. At least we have no idea. We didn't keep count at least a thousand mm -hmm. times. If you just do the mm -hmm. math on the number of days we'd uh, lived together at that point. So I was able to slow down enough to tell her and what we now call the ooh. she gave me the first ooh of our relationship. Cause when I explained that to her, she said, Oh, mm -hmm. That's the reason you respond right. the way that you do, because I just insulted you. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're not going to say you're welcome. Of course, mm -hmm. you're not going to connect with me right. because I just demeaned you. I just humiliated mm -hmm. you in front of God and the universe or whatever. Right. Uh, and again, none of that is what Phyllis is doing. Phyllis is not at fault in any of that. But I would suggest that Glenn's not at fault because Glenn was not trying to feel humiliated. Mm, Glenn was right. trying to feel hurt. That's just what happened. And because she slowed this couple down in that moment, huge benchmark, huge turning point uh, in our relationship. Well, it's kind of like in that moment, I was, it's, it's like uh, a huge window opened for me, a huge door, uh, like the light was put on where I was like, I've missed this with you mm. our whole married life. Well. Like, I was saying to him, if you were just normal, you would say you're welcome. You know, that's what normal people do, which of course that's even insult upon insult for him to then be told you're not normal. Mm -hmm. But once I saw into his world, his mind, what he, the messaging he receives, mm -hmm. it's just the compassion that I felt was huge. Mm -hmm. And, and I thought I would have never learned this if I had not slowed down, gotten right. curious, turned towards him without being critical, judgmental, and to simply ask the question, what happens for you? And when mm -hmm. he shared his experience, what he receives, it made so much sense to me. Like then all the times he responded the way he did made so much sense. And, you know, it was a really powerful moment, but it continued to be mm. like, it wasn't just a one-time thing because then yeah. I began using that whenever I didn't understand his response to something, I would say, Ooh, what's happening with you? Mm. And that began to change our interaction with each other in a huge way. And it, you know, it took the judgment out of it because right. I think so often with couples, they feel like there's a right way and a wrong way. And they're mm. always trying to figure out, well, who is right and who is wrong? It's like you take your relationship and your fights, you want to take it in front of a judge and a jury and prove that you are right. right. And so when you slow down and you go, actually, I just want to know what's happening with you. Mm. There's not a judgment. There's just yeah. a, I want to understand you. Yeah. And because we all experience things very differently, mm. what might seem like a, a really positive joy point for one person can actually be a really painful point for another person. Right. The exact same thing. 
And if we take the judgment out of it and we go, I just want to know you and I want to understand you, mm-hmm. it works so beautifully. And, you know, I know today we're talking about marriage, but when you start to think about just that one statement, what's happening yeah. with you and you start using it with your children, mm-hmm. with your coworkers, with, you know, your neighbors, it changes the way we interact with each other. Yeah. Because then we actually learn what's happening for that person and the way they're reacting to us makes so much more sense. Yeah, man. I love to, um, you're really highlighting the virtue of curiosity. It seems like we kind of lose that. Uh, We assume that we know about everything about this person and even attribute things that like you're demonstrated in the story, attribute almost like this, um, like they're not a goodwilled person. Like they're out to get us. This is the competition of I win and you lose. But instead you just step back and and embrace and lean into that curiosity. And you could have too asked that first question and he could have said something that could have triggered your defensiveness and you never would have really got down to that's what you're experiencing. Oh, I I, I love that. I love that curiosity is such a, it's a marital superpower. Yeah. 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 Probably a relationship superpower. When you think about it, even with your children, your neighbors, your coworkers, it's, it is that superpower to go. I just, I just want to understand you, you know? And I mean, even on a bigger scale, like the world, we judge other countries, we judge other people's actions. We don't stay curious. We don't stay curious as in what is life like for you? You know, Mm. what does it mean to try to survive in wartime or whatever? Like we jump to so many, we just feel like we know it all instead of staying curious and going, yeah, I just want to understand. I just want to help. I just want to know you and understand you Mm. and and whatever you're going through. And that's the first two of what we call the three phrases, the ooh, which is just an audible Mm. something. It can be a grunt, just, you know, letting the person know that I'm, I'm here, I'm with you, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, tracking (laughs) Well, it's an audible listener. It's being an audible listener is so powerful because I think sometimes we, you know, I know I did. I stared blankly a lot. Mm. Um, I looked at Glenn and often my mind was going a million miles a minute, but he didn't know what my mind was thinking. (laughs) I'm just staring, right? And I'm thinking, well, I'm listening to you. But that's the beauty of the ooh, that we we call it the ooh. Um, It's really just any kind of verbal acknowledgement that I'm hearing you. I'm listening. So everybody take inventory of themselves right now. <laughs> do you do a good job at listening, but then reflecting back with a ooh or a mm or a something so that person knows you're tracking? I love that. How often in session with, with couples do you see people blankly looking at the other person as they're talking? Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people have been trained to do that. What the research mm-hmm. showed was that if I'm audible with Phyllis, uh, again, just an ooh, a grunt, something audible where she actually hears it, uh, it tickles the pleasure center of her brain, mm-hmm. the joy experience. If I'm silent, I may be listening to every word mm-hmm. she says. You know, I might not word for word, but, you know, I could I could tell you exactly what she said. But if I'm silent, it typically mm-hmm. tickles the pain region. It's a lonely experience right. for her. So I might be sitting there going, babe, I listened to every word that you said. I heard you, but she didn't feel heard. She did not feel my presence. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason we implement that. And, and we 
facetiously say to people, go to Amazon.com in extra large <laughs> box of ooze. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, dozens of them every day. And you see this with kids. This is how kids, mm-hmm. they're always just making noises. And so we're coded this way. We're hardwired this way from birth. Then the second phrase is the what happens, or depending on the tense, what's happening or uh, what happened or what could happen, yeah. what happened. Uh, and that's what Phyllis did that day to find out what was happening with me. There's no judgment in it. And it, it made no sense to Phyllis. Mm-hmm. It, she had no idea that for more than two decades, I had been experiencing judgment from mm-hmm. her. I had been experiencing insult and wounding from her. Mm-hmm. And again, not her fault, not blaming Phyllis in any way. This has nothing to do with Phyllis, even though it's kind of all about Phyllis, uh, <laughs> what was happening inside uh, of me. And that shifted so much because I felt seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Phyllis was a jerk ever uh, in mm-hmm. it, literally. Uh, but yeah. I was experiencing wounding for a, a myriad of reasons, you know, and that we don't even ask why, uh, because you can't figure out, uh, you know, why did Glenn experience that? Heck, if I know, he just did. So she was just curious with it. I love that. All right. So you gave us the ooh, and then you gave us the question, what's happening for you right now or what's going on inside of you? And then what's the last question? Now the, well, the third phrase. Or a third phrase. We saw so much power in is to be able to say to somebody, I missed that or, or what am I missing? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much power in that because now mm-hmm. I'm not accusing you. I'm not judging you. I'm not saying... Well, Adam, you didn't make any sense. You mm-hmm. you need to clarify that. I'm just saying, hey, dude, I, I think I might have missed something mm-hmm. there. Could you help me get what happened mm-hmm. for you? And what the research showed is that now I am in a position of need. Mm-hmm. I'm asking for your assistance, not because you're a bad storyteller, not because you presented it poorly. I just missed it. I'm a little mm-hmm. slow. And I say that the in relationships and in sessions all the time. Uh, I go, hey, I'm I'm a little slow there. I think I might have missed something. Could you help me get that? What what happened for you? Yeah. Uh, and that sounds like it might be important. And now you've received what we call identity. You know, you feel valued. You feel that you matter. Your story matters. Your narrative matters. Uh, but so now I'm not on the attack. I'm actually just asking you to help me uh, mm-hmm. to get it. And I watch people literally shift in their chair. They lean towards me and they go, "Oh, well, yeah. What what was, what I meant by that was." And now they're eager to help me get it better. Now, they may have done a crappy job. I mean, you know, we just met Adam. I don't know. You may be a horrible (laughs) storyteller for all I know. You may present your narrative very poorly, but I can't sell that to you. I can't say, Adam, that didn't make any sense. Explain that better. Well, (laughs) I may be accurate, but I can't sell that to you. But I can say, hey, did you help me get it? I think I missed it. And going back to dishwasher story, how the I missed it comes into play is that it's kind of, I did miss it. I missed it for 20 years. Like Uh, I'm thinking, thank you is a universal positive. Uh, So to learn that Mm. the most important person in my life, you know, my, my soulmate, Mm. my partner, my husband, I was missing it. Mm. And it doesn't mean I'm bad or wrong or evil or any of those things. It simply means I missed it with him. I didn't understand this about him. And so there's a lot of power in being able to just say in this close relationship, mm. I'm, I missed it. Mm. And I think so often when we work with couples, it's kind of like there's, it's like we're allergic to it, mm. that idea of 
admitting that we've missed something or admitting we've done something wrong or admitting we were at fault or admitting we didn't have the right answer. Like we want so desperately Mm. to always be Mm. right. Yes. So often it's not even a fault thing. You know, Phyllis wasn't at fault in saying thanks for only the dishwasher. What she had missed. And again, she missed it because I'd never, and I missed it. I I didn't get it about myself. Therefore not convey it to her. But uh, so we'd both missed it. But what Phyllis had missed is that, oh, that's a pain experience right? for Glenn. Right. Well, I'll be darned. And of course, as that kind of gushed in on her over the ensuing minutes and days, realized, oh, my gosh, how many times has he been wounded, not on purpose, but on Phyllis's part? Mm. How many times has he been wounded from me saying thank you? Mm-hmm. To him? Right. And right. She doesn't even need to change the behavior. I need to process the pain right. of it. And now I'm really, really good at that. Whereas 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years ago, I was not at all. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, we actually have a fourth. The fourth is um, to actually get to the point of being able to ask, what does the person need? Mm-hmm. And that's overall in relationship. We want right. to figure out what is the need. And because me saying thank you, if we did a survey of a thousand people, everyone in that survey, I'm confident would say mm-hmm. thank you is an appropriate, kind yeah. thing to say to Absolutely. Yeah. But with my husband, it wasn't. And so mm-hmm. what is he? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. They need. That's what's really important. I, it's ridiculous for me to say you need to just get over here on this side and accept that as a positive. Yeah. For him, it just wasn't. And so, to to ultimately get to what do you need is what is the beautiful like that's kind of the finale as far as in in relationship to be able to get to that place and that's for each other. Because I know that, uh, you know, I'm in my 60s and I've grown up. Wow, you're in your 60s. I am in my 60s. <laughs> I've grown up in a, in a time where women aren't supposed to have needs. We're mm. supposed to take care of all the needs. Mm. And if we actually do have a need, we're just supposed to give it to God. We're not supposed to actually mm. communicate, well, I do have a need. Yeah. It's a very interesting place to get to where you have this safety in your relationship where Glenn can say to me, so babe, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And too often I go, I have no idea because mm-hmm. I'm not tuned in well, to my needs yep. because I'm supposed to be taking care of everybody else's needs. So I don't even tune into that. And so yeah. to actually get to a place where that question can be asked and for me to go, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. So in that particular situation with the dishwasher, for me to say to him, what is what? what do you need, babe? You know, for him, he would have said back to me, 
man, I just need you to hear me. Mm. Like he's not even asking me to change. Mm -hmm. And, and then if he's, if we, if we reverse it and he said, so babe, what do you need? I would go, well, I think that when I do say thank you, that you would just say you're welcome. That, that, that would mean the world to me. And, mm -hmm. and so we have yeah. this conversation. We may not be able to follow through with that. Like so expressing a need doesn't always mean mm -hmm. I have the ability to do this for you, but it's that I feel safe enough that I can actually share that need. Yeah. Yeah. That is super cool. And, you know, I, I want to make sure before we run out of time, because time gets away with us when mm -hmm. we talk about all this stuff, but you know, all of these things came from many years of wounding each other and then seeing that these little steps started changing layer after layer of our relationship. And because sometimes people ask, man, y'all wounded each other so much. You had so much trauma in the early years. And most people kind of throw in the towel. And we often mm. get asked that question, how did you guys not just throw in the towel? And, mm. you know, for us, it was, I know everybody's answer is different when it comes to that, but for us, we believed in marriage. We believed mm. in it. We just knew that we were missing what it was. And so that led Glenn to all the decades of research and schooling and all the things that he's mm. done. And then in our private practice, seeing all this played out, in other people's lives like wow this doesn't just work for us this works yeah. in all the marriages that we've worked with this works and yeah then this research led us which is a whole nother really big piece right. into uh the core emotions being able to get yeah. to that place where i can share when that question's asked of me what's happening where i can say well i'm just feeling a lot of joy about this or i'm feeling a lot of shame about this which was your experience with the dishwasher right. yeah because i want to get make sure we get to that today because um human behavior is driven by emotion mm -hmm. and if we don't process the emotion we don't actually get to the cause of the right. effect the effect right. is the behavior and what we typically do in parenting in relationships we uh, constantly talk about behavior that's mm. not the issue i get it you, you know sometimes you have to deal with it right in that moment but we have to go backwards and find out the cause. So mm -hmm. the first three phrases go together. Ooh, what's happening? I missed it. Is all about finding the emotion, finding the core emotion, not just any emotion, the core. There's only eight of them. Uh, and then the fourth phrase comes in at the end to find out what the need is. But we can't meet the need until we find out what the core uh, emotion is, which is telling us what the need uh, is. So mm -hmm. the goal there is to help the person find themselves at their mm -hmm. core, the authentic, vulnerable uh, self that we will be able to process that and what the research showed is that the limbic system engages the limbic system is the central command center of emotions it engages before the cortex as the cortex is where thought reason etc occur and people are dumber versions of themselves not because they're dumb <laughs> they're human and their limbic system is flooded and they and people say i was so upset i couldn't think straight that is scientifically accurate that's exactly what happens we've done a ton of research on this and when your limbic system is flooded, you are a lesser version of yourself, not because you're bad, mm -hmm. it's because you're flooded. And if we don't clear out the limbic system, all bets are off. There's no telling what's gonna happen in the next two minutes with Glenn because his limbic system is flooded. Mm -hmm. That's just the way humans operate. Right, wow. You know, emotion opens up this huge right. topic, right? And I think that more and more we are discovering uh, emotions and that emotions aren't mm. bad emotions happen to us emotions we have a region in our brain that mm. houses emotion but a lot of people don't know how to tune in yes 
not something we access easily. And that is the next tool that we created. Um, and part of it was my own personal story of uh, having to discover emotions and how to tune in and and tap in. And I was uh, one of those people mm-hmm. who said, I need a fast way to do this. I, I'm not going to read a bunch of books. I'm not going to journal. So give me a fast way. And so uh, Glenn created uh, what we call the core emotion wheel. And uh, we simplified it all for me. And now it's the one tool that I would say has really gone all around the world because it's easy to translate these eight words yeah. into whatever language. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the human condition. It's true right. for every human on yes. the planet. Do you think that your shutdown around emotions um, was was kind of connected to the shutdown around your needs? Like they were tied? Oh, absolutely. Like this, I mean, and, and we share a lot of this in the book and we also have master classes. So we break this down we, and because it is, it's part of, you know, I was raised youngest of eight, uh, growing up in a foreign country. My parents were missionaries mm-hmm. and it was very much a, uh, you know, kind of at a time where you sat quietly at the dinner table, you were not allowed to speak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had rough brothers all close to me in age, as far as, you know, I grew up with boys and I just got really quiet and I was very, very quiet as a child. Mm-hmm. And I learned really easily and early that, um, tasks are what are appreciated in this family. So, you know, do the order, be orderly, clean, keep things neat and don't communicate needs. Don't communicate mm-hmm. emotions and emotions get you in trouble. And so I very much learned at a young age that joy is about the only thing that we're allowed to communicate mm. and, and don't um, too much of that and yeah you're becoming don't annoyed. be loud if it yeah if yeah. joy creates loud don't be loud <laughs> right. but um yeah. i would say yeah and so then i married someone and i used to say for years oh glenn has enough emotions for both of us i don't do emotions i said that over wow. and over and then i learned at 50 that actually mm. that's not the way it works mm. and you don't deal with your emotions, your body then keeps the score, it stores them and you get very sick. Mm-hmm. At some point your body breaks down and that's what happened to me at 50. And so then I all of a sudden had to tune in and stop saying things like, I don't do emotions. And so the core mm-hmm. emotion wheel for a lot of people like me, love it. And then people like Glenn, they also love it because it keeps it short. This mm-hmm. is a two minute exercise that tunes you into yourself and allows other people to tune into you without you taking up 30 minutes yep. of someone's yep. time. Mm-hmm. Or like me, I would just say, no, nah, I don't have any emotions. Mm-hmm. And so then we would move on really quick. Okay. For, for all those people that have a really hard time with emotions and maybe even the people that are super emotional, but I see that all the time in my practice as well. It's a lot of times men will just kind of generalize a little bit. A lot of times men, though, are shut down around emotions and they don't have needs. It's just like, can you please stop being critical and everything will be fine? That's kind of their ideal of marriage, but they're shut down too. Um, but I, I love this conversation. So help me with this emotion. Well, how do we use this? Well, the best way for us to ever teach it is simply to show how to use it. Yeah, and, let me give a little background okay. real quickly. Again, this is just the science of it. We now... 99.100% know this is no longer opinion or theory or philosophy, but the human brain 
has five regions associated with emotion, anger, fear, disgust, pleasure, and pain. That's true for every human on the planet. Mm -hmm. So once we learn that, and again, this is just from brain scanning, we literally can read what's firing in your, your brain. So when we learn that and we, we divide because of the way they present, we divided disgust into guilt and shame. Uh, we divided pain into hurt, sad, and lonely because those are distinct experiences and they look different on a brain scan. Uh, so that, hmm. that equals eight core emotions, anger, fear, guilt, hurt, lonely, sad, shame, and joy. Did I get close to eight there? I'm not sure. I should be able to do that, <laughs> but I always miss one. Anyway, <laughs> you know, for somebody like Phyllis, uh, she needed something to draw her out. For somebody like me, uh, I needed to be brought down to conciseness because if mm -hmm. Phyllis said, how are you doing? 45 minutes later, she's like, I'm sorry. I asked. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me a 45 minute answer to one question and she still doesn't really know yeah, because she quit listening 43 minutes ago. So the core motion wheel helps get it concise. So she knows exactly what's happening with me concisely. And it's a shared human experience. Mm. Every human on the planet knows what fear is. Every human knows what hurt is, what yes. pain is, what joy is. Uh, so now we have the uh, common language and we can connect through that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for your listeners, we do, we want each of them to have uh, this tool. So we always say uh, that, you know, we have a download for you uh, of the core emotion wheel, which also gives all the rules and which is helpful to know. Um, and so that will be in your show notes as far as for your listeners to get um, that free yes. uh, wheel. At this time, I would love for us just to do the yeah. wheel mm -hmm. and we can go first at, yeah. and then that way you'll see us do it. And then, okay then you'll have a chance to do yeah. it as well. But um, you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Wow. And just so you know that I'm only going to ooh her in response. Yes. I don't, yes. I don't defend, no, explain, don't ask argue, anything. Right. Don't interrupt. Um, all right. So um, I guess right in this moment, I would say um, some fear because mm. our newest grandson's having surgery right yeah. now wow. at this moment. Um, so uh, fear in that. Mm outcome, then I would say tremendous joy in the season, mm -hmm. love the season that we're in the season of the holidays and having new grandbabies is mm -hmm. quite the season. Um, I would say lonely, um, lonely comes down to just the busyness and the tasks. Mm -hmm. I feel alone in a lot of the tasks that need to be done at this yeah. time of year. And, um, I feel alone in. So that's my loneliness. Um, sad. Hmm. I would say just probably my sad and hurt is, is kind of the combination of the same from the other night when you were expressing, um, some things about your mom and then you just kind of turned the corner and started right. saying some of the same things about me. Yeah. Ooh, some hurt and sad mm -hmm. in that, right. um, for sure. Let's see, guilt, um, man, I would say right now, the guilt and the shame for me is um, that I have really uh, just, I think in some ways, given up on all of my normal health goals. Mm -hmm. And someone asked me about it the other day, and I said, oh, January's coming. Mm -hmm. But that's a long way off, actually. Right. I need to focus in a little better before mm -hmm. that. So that's my guilt and the shame. Anger, hmm, I think for me um, in this season, 
I would say anger with just the ah uh, the care of your mom mm. in her last final stages of her life mm. and just the things that that has brought out like the anger of, of being a daughter-in-law mm. and being in this place and not always feeling supported by your family right. it's yeah. probably my anger Absolutely. yeah mm. yeah mm. yeah for me um a lot of guilt and shame Certainly in that situation with mm. my mom, I mean, you were amazing with her yeah. and, and it's your mother-in-law, it's yeah. my mother, and you're just phenomenal at being mm. present with her and uh, you take so much, it ends up yeah. on you. Uh, and a little, mm. some guilt and shame even with the new grandbabies, just that you're so amazing mm. with them and, you know, our, our daughter's turning mm. to you, looking to you, and a lot of times I just don't know what to do with these little uh, munchkins that, yeah, uh, you know, that. I, I don't know how to contribute how to uh, assist how to help mm. and i'm so thankful you're you're amazing at it uh, tons of joy with the two new little ones it's just mm. amazing uh you know we were together last sunday for thanksgiving and there were 23 of us from age mm. 96 down to age one wow. week <laughs> that was just wild mm. it's just so fun to be together um hurt uh i guess in that setting you know where i end up hurting you in response um mm. you know, i felt so wounded by my mom and just you know so often don't feel mm. seen and heard by her and she's almost 96 so i'm thinking that's not yeah. gonna change anytime wow. uh, soon but uh, and sadness in that you know when she moved mm. in with us a decade ago i yeah. i thought there would be more connection you know more yeah. more closeness and of course a whole lifetime of missing mm. each other on that um, so yeah. it's just sad, yeah. you know, I just, uh, I heard from mom that she missed, uh, yeah. and, which she didn't plan. That's just right. the result of her uh, life story as well. Yeah. Uh, but lonely in that almost always feel lonely mm. with her. You don't feel supported. Don't feel connected no. uh, with her, which is always mm. uh, tough. Um, fear what the future holds with her. You know, we don't yeah. know if we have days, weeks, months, a year, we have no idea. Yeah. Uh, and just being. Uh, up to the task, up to the challenge yeah. of taking care of yeah. her, be, being uh, certainly present with her, but being adequate for her as far as what yeah. she needs uh, in that moment. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember if I said joy or not, but just oh, with the grandkids, joy, yeah, but yeah. so much joy with you. Getting to mm. partner with you is unbelievable, especially knowing our pain background and the fact yeah. that we just get to laugh every day now. Mm. That's, of course, our passion in spreading this to the world because it works, it's powerful, and wow. it's the human condition, what everybody needs. Mm, Thank thanks, you. <laughs> Sharon. Thanks for sharing. Mm. That was awesome. All right, so me. Yeah. Okay, so let me go through the. Um, you'll have to probably help me with the emo. Can you just call it the emotions, and I'll tell you what I'm feeling. Yeah, anger. Okay. Anger. Oh, I. There's probably anger that I'm pulled in so many different directions at once. I'm a singular focus sort of person and with the business and with raising kids and with ministry and with friendships and everything else, I sometimes just want to disappear and take five books with me and sit on a cabin, you know, lake somewhere out in, no, in nowhere, you know, just in the middle of nowhere. So that, so the anger pops up for me there. What's the next one? Fear. Fear. Um, I think fear, I try not to let it affect me because of, you know, trust. 
trusting God and everything else. But fear with some some fear that's popping up is like the economy and how that'll affect business and effic- efficacy of helping people within difficult situations. We're jumping into some big um, uh, opportunities around the business. So, so whenever you do that, um, take big steps, you're taking big, uh, big risks. And so there's fear that pops up for me there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, and guilt and or shame would regret work. Sure. It's your brain. Okay. Oh, I actually two, two different places. So guilt, I think I would like to spend more time with my kids. Um, being, I've been thinking a lot about excellence and virtue and I want to be the best husband and father I can be. And so I want to spend more um, dedicated time doing things that bring out the best in each child. Not just like, you know, like my daughter is super artistic and I would love to play with her and, and bring out the best in her there. And my son's loves rough play and fun and sports. I like to, you know, bring that out in him. And then I had a friend die recently um, and it was really sad because like the, the week that he died, two days later, I was supposed to go golfing with him and we had been planning for, for like most of the summer because we we're just both of us so crazy busy, like, Hey, the winter is going to be time for us to go golfing and have fun and spend time and get to know each other. And he died. And that was like a regret. I'm like, wow, you never know when God's going to take you. So, so maybe learning a lesson there of like, don't always wait to to love people well in the in the moment. What's the next one? The pains, hurt, sad, and lonely. Ooh, I'd have to say pain around that situation as well. That was we had the yeah on Monday we had the funeral, so that was definitely that was painful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be your sad. Sounds like yeah, kind of like pretty intense there. Yeah. What about the hurt and lonely? Hurt and lonely. I would say lonely. So my wife is an incredible person in the fact that she cares for people incredibly deeply. And she, you know, we run a business together and we're amazing. We work together very, very well. And of course, with all the things pulling on you, I wish that sometimes we can be in that log cabin by ourselves <laughs> and I would love to just like date my, my wife without having to worry about, you know, 17,000 other things. And in some, and sometimes I would feel lonely in that I want to just adventure, you know, I, I think I have that longing to adventure. Oh, mm, yeah. That's good. What about hurt? When's the last time you felt hurt? Actually recently. Uh, talking to my wife, she had a pain and I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't clue in as well as I could have. And so she expressed her and, and it wasn't my intention. And, and so she felt hurt and then I was hurt that she was hurt <laughs> and that I didn't seem like I was caring for her. So I, I, I think that was, that was like last, last or two nights ago. Yeah, yeah that's good. good. Yeah. And what about joy? Joy is the last one. Oh, I love the holidays. I love the rain. I love coffee, you know, and, and so being around family and looking forward, to, I, I have to have things on my calendar to look forward to. 
because I do love joy. I love being grateful. So I like the holidays in the, in the sense that I can look forward to being with my family, the extended family, you know, the lights, the hot chocolate, and all, all the good feels. That's amazing. Love that. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. So, wow. you know, this is a really cool exercise that you can do with total strangers. You know, Adam, we just met you for the first time and yet you mm-hmm. sharing your wheel. I know so much more about you now, mm-hmm. right? Which is really cool. And yes. I know you heard a lot about us um, yes. and what we're going through in life. And, yeah. you know, so often we can spend time and even with the closest people and miss what's really happening, right? And yet when you do this wheel with each other every day and with your yeah. kids, it's like, wow, you really hear, you yeah. hear what's going on for them deep within, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we're excited just for your listeners to actually get this free download and to be able to start on this journey yeah. and to be, oh, okay, I'm going to go into the holidays because, you know, the holidays can be very painful for a lot of people. And even though we go into it with that joy of, I want to be around my family and yet my family is where I am wounded the most. Mm. And so to have a tool where you can share every day throughout this season, Mm. what's really happening with you. It's Mm. really connecting. It connects you deeply with people. And it also, if you're not married and you're listening to this podcast, it's amazing what it does for you, even as a single person. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're faith-based, you can use it in your prayer time to really tune in. And for many of us, it takes practice to really get there where we Mm. go, man, I'm not sure. And then you start realizing, oh, wow, this stuff's firing all the time. If we could be hooked up to a brain scan, we would actually see that all day long, these emotions are firing in our brain. We are just not in touch with them. Yes. So good. And I could see too, how those four uh, phrases would, would click in perfectly to, to the motion wheel because I can I can ooh you guys as you're as you're talking I can ask oh what was that there I saw an emotion when you were telling me that can you tell me more or I missed that can you please expound on that like and I could see how that would be so helpful guys this has been very so practical so encouraging and inspiring um, I'm so grateful that you were able to share all this um, tell the listeners uh, a little bit about your book real quick and then, and maybe where they can find it. Yeah, absolutely. Our book is called The Connection Codes, and we wrote it with our daughter, our oldest daughter. Uh, and you can find it on Amazon. So that's where we have the book. Um, and then, uh, you know, we have a podcast. We have uh, master classes, one that we call Foundations, which is kind of all the tools. Mm-hmm. And then one that's specifically for parenting and one that's on set. So that's a great also uh, class that we do. These mm-hmm. these master classes are fantastic. And for your audience, if they go to our website, which is connectioncodes.co, they can put in the uh, code Dear Young Twenty, and they'll get twenty percent off of any of our master classes. And then I think we mentioned that we want you guys to have the core motion wheel. So if you go to connectioncodes.co forward slash Dear Young Married, you can download a free copy of the core motion wheel and the and a video that uh shows you how to use it and then the instructions oh that's awesome thank you so much and i'm sure that the listeners are going to get so much out of it go get the wheel work on this with your spouse what a incredible way to connect 
and to learn more about each other during the holiday season. You don't have to have this dreadful silence as you're driving. You can actually do something constructive and connecting. Do it so, in the car. That's a great idea. We like to end every episode um, by asking our, um, our interviewees this question. Uh, what do you wish you would receive? What advice that you wish you'd received at the beginning of your marriage? And fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Mm, wow. Love that. Mm. Dear young married couple, uh, emotions happen to you. Mm. Mm. Uh, and you are enough. Mm. Oh. Okay. I would say I'm just preface that one of the things we say is that the connection codes were the founders were not the inventors the mm -hmm. connection codes existed long before we were born because mm -hmm. it's based on the human condition so i would say dear young married couple learn the connection codes learn how we're mm -hmm. coded we're hardwired we connect through emotion mm -hmm. and learn your core emotions find your authentic vulnerable self which you were mm -hmm. born with it's already mm -hmm. there and be able to share that, present that to your partner, because that will lead to deep, deep, beautiful, mm. safe connection. Mm. Such, such wisdom. Thank you so much for everything that you shared and uh, looking forward to, to uh, sharing this with the audience. And I know this is gonna make a difference. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. You know, it can be really hard to know what steps to take when trust has been broken in your marriage. Did you know that there are actually five steps for you and five steps for your spouse when trust has been broken, regardless of who broke trust? Remember, time doesn't heal, action over time does. There are a ton of potholes on this journey and we've worked with thousands of people, so please don't do it without getting some help. Follow the link in the show notes to get those steps for when trust has been broken. And if you want some personal help, you can also shoot us a text, 916-678-1797. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated US-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at lifelock.com slash aware. Terms apply.